Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul. Fast this morning. Lord, we come into the presence of the Almighty God and we declare this morning, King of kings and Lord of lords, be glorified one more time. We declare that your name is great. We declare your name is to be praised. Your name is to be adored. You are the Lord who is the ancient of days. You are the Lord of heaven's armies. You are the God who has never lost a battle before. Scripture says everything in creation are the works of your hands. So we magnify you again this morning, King of glory. We magnify you this morning, the God who is Yahweh. Be glorified forevermore in the precious name of Jesus. This morning we come into your presence and say thank you. Thank you this morning for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of your mercies, for the gift of your grace, for the breath in our nostrils, for the food on our tables. Lord, that our body functions are in place. We can see, we can hear, we can speak, we can talk. Lord, we say thank you. We glorified, oh God. We ask this morning that as we read our Bibles and learn in your presence, Lord, you will speak to us once again and let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. We continue our study. We are looking at the epistles the letters written by the apostles to different individuals. Some of them were written to different people. Okay, some were meant to be carried around groups of churches. We are reading the start and the ending of the epistles and just learning one or two things before we will come back to them. Today, we will be taking on First Corinthians. Thank you to everyone joining in again this morning. God bless you. First Corinthians, of course, was written by the, by the Apostle Paul. Like you would know, Paul did not meet Jesus physically himself. And so we take note of the dates, okay, uh, in which Paul wrote majority of his, his letters. You must remember that Paul's epistles remember i said that the epistles were written as letters to oftentimes second generation christians okay third generation christians those who came after the message about jesus had been preached for a while okay so majority of the epistles were written to explain the message what was received was 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 written to pass down okay what they had received from jesus but note this morning that paul never met jesus physically himself 
the visions that Paul had about Jesus, I think there were two or three visions, okay, were revelations given to him. You have to take note, take note of that, okay, as you read, as you read his, his epistle, oftentimes you also have to check how they line up with what Jesus has shared, okay. So, but because we are not reading the epistles in full now, and we will do that later in the year, we're just reading their their beginnings and the endings to get a good grasp of what the epistles were about. The, the, the epistle to the Corinthians, that's the first. Actually, the letter that we called 1 Corinthians was not Paul's first letter, okay? I think I ought to mention that. It was actually not first Paul's first letter to the Corinthians because you are able to see it that Paul mentions that, okay, even here in First Corinthians, that he already wrote a letter to them. But First Corinthians was written about AD 56, AD 56. So this is about some 50 years plus after Jesus, okay, went on to glory. Paul's focus here is to address, okay, some of the the situations going on in the churches in Corinth. Okay, of course, Corinth will be mostly populated by Greeks, so he knows he's not writing to Jews, he's writing to uh, a typically Gentile, Gentile church. Okay, so now a few things I want to I want to point out. Paul spends about eight months, and you will see this when we read the book of Acts of the Apostles, spends about eight months, you know, um, um, spends about eight months in one of his journey, especially during his second missionary journey. He says he spends about eight months in Corinth, and that was when Paul established establish this church okay not his first missionary journey with with Barnabas during his second missionary journey he established this church and we then write do correspondence with them we wanted to be sure that they were established in the faith second first Corinthians was written as Paul gets information about what was going on what was going on in that church so the purpose of this letter okay because we'll read the introduction we'll read the ending the closing the purpose of this letter it's more pastoral in nature paul in quotes who started the church has passed it on someone else is pastoring the church paul is trying to give them guidance okay to stay within uh, the doctrines to stay within the message that jesus jesus gave give to us all right so let's read let's read this morning first corinthians we'll read chapter one and then we flip over to his closing and we read um what paul those paul greeted i said oftentimes they reveal they reveal a lot of things the things that were important especially to the one who is writing we'll see that in first corinthians 16. he says greeting first corinthians chapter one this is a letter from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus from and from our brother Sostines. 
This letter is from Paul and from our brother Sustenes. So it is either Sustenes is the one writing the letter or he has added something to the letter because Paul says we are both writing. Okay, most likely Sustenes is writing is as Paul is dictating. He says, I am writing to God's church in Corinth to you who have been called by God to be his own, his own holy people. We have been called by God to be his own, his own holy people. Says he made you holy. Um, mm, I, okay, yes, I'm correct. This is the New Living Translation. He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus. We were made holy by means through Christ Jesus. We were not, or we are not made holy, and holiness is very important this morning. But the holiness that God will accept is not your holiness. Okay, it is not those little, little things that you are trying to do and you think that is what is going to obtain righteousness for you. No. The holiness we have in Christ that covers us in Christ is what God sees. And I'm telling you, God has mercy on us. This is just as he did for all people everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. So one thing to note in the epistles because they were letters oftentimes the writers had styles they had styles in which they wrote their letters and usually when you read Paul's letter you would notice his style of writing you would notice the way he introduces his letter and oftentimes there are key phrases there are key phrases you see in all of of his letters okay so whether they were it's first john second john third john okay you will see that uniqueness in john's writing oftentimes the theme is focused on love when it came to john when it came to paul it was on grace and peace you could almost say that paul is the apostle of grace i'm telling you so paul will always have this in his letters May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. You can underline it and look for it in all his, all his letters. Now, Paul goes on. He says, I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gift he has given you now that you belong to Christ. Through him, God has enriched your church in every way. Through Christ, God has enriched every church. But this church, God has enriched them in every way with all of your eloquent words and all of your knowledge. You see some of the things that Paul was going to be confronting in this church. There was a lot of um, knowledge flying right, left and center. People trying to take the word of God out of context, um, trying to, to, to obtain the message of grace and make it say what they want it to say okay for example second corinthians paul would say uh, a man is living gets marries his own mother 
you know, and he's not ashamed of it. Okay, so this was a church that was filled with eloquence and with 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 knowledge. He says this confirms that what I told you. Remember, Paul is saying that it was God, Christ, that God enriched that church with this eloquence and this knowledge. Okay. It says this confirms that what I told you about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. It will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this for he is faithful. God will keep us, see, he will keep us free from blame on the day when Christ returns, whether that day is the day you close your eyes in death and it's the last day you're spending on this earth, um, at least in the meantime before Christ returns, or whether that day is the day of rapture, God is the one that can keep us. He says he will do this for he is faithful to do what he says and he has invited you into partnership with his son. Jesus Christ our Lord. Alright, so with the introduction gone, Paul is going to talk about some of the little things. We didn't take that so much in the book of Romans, right? We just took the introduction, but I want to just mention a, f- a few so that we have a, a good idea what Paul was addressing here. Like I said, there was a lot of eloquence, a lot of knowledge, a lot of perversion in this church. The church was divided. Yes, Apollos had been had visited this church and preached here. Some of them had, had, had met Peter before, and now they were divided into factions. So Paul says in verse 10, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no division in the church. I wish pastors today, Christians today, we take this advice from Paul. Let there be no division in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and in and purpose. United in thought and purpose does not mean we always agree. It doesn't mean that we are robots. It doesn't mean that we will always see things from the same perspective but we can live in harmony. We can live in harmony and be careful not to divide the church along political lines. Divide the church. Now you see that there are people claiming that adultery is accepted. There are people claiming that, for example, gender grooming and transitioning of kids you know, uh, is accepted. Okay, the word of God does not speak to it. In fact, there are those who are claiming now that the word of God does not expressly speak against homosexuality in the church. How do we take such things? How do we address such things? We must be careful not to divide the church. So Paul says, rather be of one mind united in thought and in purpose. For some members of Chloe's household have told me about your quarrels. So Paul is writing because he hears from someone in Chloe's house what was going on 
in the church at Corinth. It says, some members of Chloe's household have told me. In other words, he didn't even hear from one person. He ensured to confirm that testimony from more than one person. Some members of Chloe's household have told me about your quarrels, my dear brothers and sisters. Some of you are saying, I am a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I, am, I follow Apollos or I follow Peter or I follow only Christ. <laughs> Paul asked them the question, has Christ been divided into faction? <laughs> has Christ been divided into faction? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course not. I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. Uh, for now, no one can say they were baptized in my name. So, the lesson is obvious, right? Yes. Let us be careful not to divide the church. Let's not divide the church. And as you re will read the ending of Paul's letter, Paul addresses this again. Commends people like Apollos. In fact, let's go to let's go to First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter sixteen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, as Paul is about closing this letter, you know, Paul commends them again, tells them that he is coming to visit them. He is coming to visit them. And after then, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 5 says, I am coming to visit, to visit you after I have been to Macedonia, for I am planning to travel to through Macedonia. Okay? So he was planning to visit. But the central theme, the central message, okay, that Paul communicates is the same here. Let's be careful not to divide the church. The church here had been divided along the lines of Peter, Apollos, and Apollos was a powerful speaker, right? And Paul, but Paul says no. In fact, Paul was careful not to speak against Apollos. He was careful not to speak against Apollos. I'm trying to, to go to the specific place. In verse 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, it says, Be on guard, stand firm in stand firm in the faith. Be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. Okay? Our best for us to ensure that we do not divide the church along whatever lines whether it's political i am apc i am pdp i am labor party and we are dividing the church paul says be on guard be on guard for people who will come in to try and sow sow seeds of division stand firm in the faith not in your own politics or your nepotism no be courageous be strong. And lastly of all, do everything with love. If we will remember that, I'm telling you, the church will not be divided. He says, you know that Stephanus, Stephanus and his household were the first to, were the first of the harvest of believers in Greece, and they are spending their, their lives in service to God. God's people, I urge you, dear brothers and sisters, to submit to them and others like them, who serve with such devotion, okay? I'm very glad that Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Archaicus have come here. They have been providing the help you weren't here to give me. 
They have been a wonderful encouragement to me as they have been to you. You must show your appreciation to all who serve so well. Right? Now, let's look at some of Paul's final greetings. He says, The churches here in the province of Asia send greetings in the Lord as do Aquilia and Priscilla. Okay? I mentioned them yesterday. Paul's very... Paul's good friends, Aquilia was... What of course and Priscilla were husbands and husband and wife. It says and all the other who gather in their home for church meetings, all the brothers and sisters here sends greetings to you. Greet each other with a sacred kiss. Here is my greeting in my own handwriting. So Paul is not the one who writes this letter. It was sustenance, but the conclusion, the greeting. Is written in Paul's own handwriting. Here is my greeting in my own handwriting. Paul, if anyone does not love the Lord, that person is cursed. Our Lord, come. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love to all of you in Christ Jesus. Now, this is also one of Paul's signature. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. Whenever Paul is concluding his letters, he will conclude it by sharing the grace with the people. Very important that we note that. Alright, so we've taken the introduction, we've taken the closing of this letter. Um, the first letter to, like oh, like I said, the second letter to the Corinthians. Um, the central theme, in my opinion here, has to be love has to be practically what Paul was addressing at this time when we get to 2 Corinthians it begins to act, address doctrinal more doctrinal issues but here the central theme is working in love working in love what lessons can we learn from here can we learn from this church we can learn to walk in love. The church in Nigeria can learn to walk in love. We can uh, represent Christ better. Okay? We can represent Christ better when we choose to walk in love. I know that there are those who say we must stand for the faith and separate ourselves from the world. The problem is that will never happen. It is Christ that will come and do that. Okay? Jesus one day will come and take us out of this world. But while we are still here, our duty will be to influence this world for Jesus. So my encouragement this morning, you are a Christian, you are part of that family, don't seek to separate yourself from your family. Uh, be the light in that family. Allow the love of Christ fill your heart and with that love envelop your family. Okay, impact them to the point where they see Christ in you. Okay, so in the society, Paul says, let's be careful. Let's not bring division. Let's not bring, bring division into the church, especially into the church. Divide the church along ethnic lines, along religious lines. Paul says, no. Yeah, the Corinthian church was dividing it along the lines of choosing their leaders no paul says only one person died for you it was it was christ jesus 
We must never forget that. Only the sacrifice of Jesus is going to be sufficient. And it is he that we will answer to on that day. My encouragement this morning, let's not divide the church. Let's walk in love towards one another. Remembering that on that day when we stand before God, all he will ask us is how did you walk in love? That's all. After he asks us about Jesus, the next question will be how we walked in love. And I pray that you will not fail on this assignment in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that as we go this morning, the Bible says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I pray for grace for you this morning. The grace to walk in love in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray against every appearance of nepotism, of racial profiling, of ethnicism. I pray against them this morning and pray that the love of God will rule in our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we give you all the praise this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.